Stephen Covey once said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Sounds simple enough, but when it comes to something complex like leadership development, what exactly is the main thing? Is it excelling at selecting the right people? Is it a well-funded corporate learning center with renowned faculty? Is it using the most powerful learning technologies? Worse yet, what if we've been missing the main thing? In our episode today, we are looking at the development industry and some of the puzzle pieces that we believe are missing to make more progress happen. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and I'm joined today with my co-host, leadership expert, Jack Zinger. Happy to do uh, this with you today. This is an extremely important topic. Yeah, it's something that has been weighing on your mind for some months now, Jack, (laughs) as you've been talking about it. And this discussion we're having today is just a small taste of a much larger discussion about what's missing in leadership development that you and Joe Folkman will be leading in a webinar later this month. It's going to cover how different organizations are transforming leadership development, how you can replicate their success, and what are some of the common issues with growth and the roles that we all need to play to build more extraordinary leaders in our workforces. I'm really looking forward to that webinar. You've been working on it for months. It will be a very open, honest look at some of the pitfalls in the industry. And I think our listeners will find it extremely useful and insightful. So be sure to register at the link in the episode notes or on our webinar registration page at singerfolkman.com. Now, Jack. I know you have done a few different things in your career. You taught at USC and at Stanford, and then you were involved in HR. Then you kind of went over into the entrepreneurial world with a focus on developing leaders. What made you take on the leadership development industry? Like, How did you get started in that? Was developing leaders even a big market back then like it is today? It was a medium market back in those days. Uh, But, you know, I spent 11 years as the VP of HR for a a company, and I just found leadership development to be more personally exciting than compensation and benefits and many (laughs) other of the traditional topics. And I also thought it had the potential for a much greater leverage on the success uh, of the organization. Over the years, there seems to have been a common formula used for developing great leaders, and results have varied from one organization to another. Now, in our database, we've seen a lot of progress, but as you and Joe were discussing earlier this year, the progress is not in the magnitude that we all desire and and expect. And if we take a step back, what do you think is happening between a leader receiving some training or feedback and their ability to grow and actually change? What what needs to be in place to make that growth more reliable and successful? Well, for most organizations, the whole process you just described was initiated and owned by the human resources function. I've come to believe that the main thing driving success in leadership development is the commitment 
and involvement of the senior leadership team, because there are some important elements in developing leaders that only they can make happen. It can't be delegated to HR. No amount of funding that they provide can make it happen. The current leadership team must take people development seriously. Their behavior determines whether people constantly learn and grow from their work experience. Their actions control leadership development's overall success. They directly control one of the most important elements that the majority of organizations simply overlook. For example, our firm provides, as you well know, a multi-rater 360-degree feedback process. This indeed gives leaders an objective and accurate view of their current leadership behavior and how it impacts the people around them. However, much of its success hinges on the immediate manager's follow-up. When the direct manager shows interest in the results and they schedule periodic follow-ups and they they track the direct report's progress, the value of the 360-degree feedback process skyrockets. But often without that, nothing happens. A big part of that feeling for leaders and managers is, you know, I don't, I don't have time to do those extra things beyond my job responsibilities. And, and many assume that maybe they, they can just become a better leader as they're doing the job, right? Just on the job. However, the research at Zinger Folkman shows just the opposite. We pulled some data from our 360 assessments of 65,000 leaders, a little over that. Each leader was evaluated by, on average, around 13 raters that were their managers, peers, direct reports, and others working around them. I'm looking at the graph, and it shows that rather than this increase in leadership effectiveness as you go from different levels and as you age, there's actually a pretty dramatic decline. Yes, and and this lack of learning and growing has come from equating the process of learning from your work experience largely to kind of floating down a stream on a raft. No special efforts required. It just happens to you. No big deal. But as you pointed out, the data shows that growth doesn't happen. Chances are you've all, you've heard that old expression, no, this person doesn't have 10 years of experience. They've had one year experience 10 times. Time on the job can be measured, but learning from it is kind of optional. You know, the bottom line is there has simply not been an expectation that people constantly improve. And and secondly, that they will take deliberate efforts to learn from their on-the-job experience. And and worse yet, you know, we've we've come to be talking about this, uh, creating a learning organization. I think that may have become the ultimate rabbit hole. Effective leadership is defined by changed and improved behavior, not information residing in our brains. The other big piece that the leadership team controls is the willingness of the organization to make work assignments include, at least to some degree, the development of the person. In other words, people aren't given assignments simply because of their past success or their immediate availability. They are deliberately given assignments because that provides development that they need to propel their career upward. That's where many organizations are coming up way short. 
That's a lot to take in. Let's get into the details and look at how we may have dropped the ball in some ways. We can't put all of the responsibility for development on the individual. That's unrealistic. So how can companies go beyond development and facilitate growth in the flow of work? What do you think, Jack? Yeah, let's take them one at a time. Let's first of all, look at the organization's role in leadership development. The bedrock of an organization ensuring that work experience leads to learning is simply being intentional. And I will share a few ideas. Make after action reviews a way of life. This is where you stop and you take time at the end of a project or an, some new initiative and you say, okay, what, would, what was the original intention of this project? And, then, and let, let's compare it to what actually happened. Agree on what should be repeated and what maybe needs to be changed in the future. Secondly, create this new criterion for making work assignments. Again, the quick and easy route is just to who's available and who's been a good performer in the past. But the added, the added dimension of whose career can we accelerate by giving them this assignment? That's a new dimension for many organizations. And finally, I think we can, um, as an organization, look around and identify powerful development opportunities. They may be geographic transfers. They may be cross-functional transfers. They may be team projects, work assignments, SWAT teams, all kinds of activities or assignments that really do have built into them the opportunity to gain new skills and, be, and help that person become a more effective leader. Yeah. I think those are really valuable because individuals, they don't have the power to give themselves those assignments that are going to help them grow. That has to come from from up above, from the organization. Those suggestions are at the organizational level. But what about your boss or your manager? What roles do they play? Well, as we noted earlier, managers are very, very instrumental in the success of leadership development. We know that managers are accountable for a group's overall output, their performance. But let's add the responsibility for every direct report's continual learning as part of that responsibility. You know, the value of a leader's contribution can be measured by the time horizon that they choose to operate with. Some leaders think only of today's success meeting the immediate, you know, urgent requirements of the job. And then there are some who are concerned about the future. They make their decisions with the long-term welfare of the organization in mind. Now, both concerns are obviously important, but the long-term viability of the firm depends on at least some leaders taking that long view. Here are some actions I'd recommend for every manager. Number one, begin by discovering your direct report's career aspirations. What do they need or want to learn? What experiences would they benefit from having? Secondly, be clear and communicate your desire to have them learn and grow and, and improve their, their leadership behavior. Encourage them to ask for feedback from you and their other colleagues let them know that staffing decisions for future projects will include both performance and development considerations. Are there any activities or responsibilities 
that they would like to take on. Third, I would recommend participating in after-action reviews, as mentioned earlier, with employees to help them learn and to, and to grow and to gain from their experiences. Next, I'd ask each direct report to create for themselves a personal development plan. Identify the formal training or, or educational programs that would further their growth and help them kind of identify what it is that would help them elevate their careers. And basically identifying development experiences that would help each person gain new skills. I think something interesting that has shifted in the last few years is this emphasis that your interactions as a leader should be focused on, you know, people talking about care and empathy and inspiration and offering flexibility. Everything you talked about shows this deeper level of a manager showing genuine interest in someone's growth and development. It takes a lot of mental energy to manage that and inspire one to go beyond their capabilities and achieve their career aspirations. And after you've had the organization give you the opportunities and your boss sit down and develop a plan, the next part all falls on you. So Jack, what is the individual's role then in leadership development? Okay, I I think every individual needs to understand the following that the organization is committed and desires to have everyone grow and progress in their career. Secondly, that mere time on the job does not make people more effective. That's kind of a blinding insight for some, for some people. Uh, thirdly, that work assignments in the future are indeed made with both performance and development in mind, and that they need to know that they'll be the recipient of that, but that their development and growth must be intentional and done deliberately. I would strongly recommend to the individual leader that asking for feedback is a key to their long-term success. Responding with appreciation and reacting appropriately ensures ongoing feedback from the people around them. And finally, that self-awareness is vital for their long-term success. Everyone can benefit from some external objective assessment from the people with whom they work. So participate eagerly in a 360-degree feedback process. An important piece, probably the last piece that we'll talk about today of this development puzzle that can't be overlooked is HR's role in leadership development. So what can they do to support these initiatives? Well, they absolutely uh, play a vital role. They can aggregate development needs. So when they see several people needing further development in their communication skills or their strategic thinking or whatever, they can aggregate those and then provide that kind of development to the people who need it. They can provide appropriate formal development that, that addresses the most common needs. They can identify with the help of the senior leaders all the work assignments and projects that would provide powerful development opportunity. And finally, they can kind of monitor the, the whole talent review process in which developmental work assignments are, are reviewed for each of the, the people. 
and along with their participation in formal development. That combination of work assignments and formal development opportunities, that's what the HR function can really provide. We've covered a lot. So if we're going to go back to the original question of, of, of how we started this podcast, Jack, what is the main thing <laughs> for leadership development? Well, Brie, <clears throat> more than $60 billion are spent on leadership development initi initiatives globally. It's the most frequently cited uh, as the keeps me awake at night topic uh, by senior executives. At the same time, every practitioner of leadership development we know laments not having greater success. My belief is that the missing element has been a, a culture that takes development seriously. And that culture is built by the, the senior leadership team. And one of the big evidences of that is their willingness to provide deliberate development assignments. You know, I think in general, people want to become better leaders and helping them overcome these limitations and build on their strengths is the heart of effective management. The need for organizational support is huge in order to make that happen. So the most promising path forward, in my opinion, is getting the leadership team to be more focused on everyone learning and changing their behavior from their daily work experience. Implementation is not something that HR alone can do. Only the collective effort of the entire senior leadership team can make that happen. I believe it is the missing piece to the leadership development puzzle. Money can't buy it. External consultants and suppliers cannot provide it. It is completely in the hands of the current leadership team. The 90th Percentile on Unconventional Leadership podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you are interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com. 